Welcome to Freedom from Attachment, Living Fulfilled, Happy, and in Love with your host, author, entrepreneur, and behavioral relationship expert, Tracy Crossley. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to share some comments from some of Tracy's clients that have worked with her in both group coaching situations and one-on-one coaching. And to reach out to Tracy for a discovery session, please email her at happiness at tracycrossley.com. That's happiness at tracycrossley.com. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. My aunt had told me about Tracy's podcast deal with it over a year ago. I've been listening to it ever since. So after my last breakup, I said, that's it, and decided to take the leap of faith and do coaching with Tracy. Tracy helps you break through and question your feelings and emotions and get to the root cause of those. I'm thankful for all that I have realized about myself thanks to her. If you are noticing that you keep attracting the same type of relationships and you just can't figure out why, it's time to figure it out. Tracy will help you get there. Hey there. Hi there. Hello there. Welcome. (laughs) I am so happy to be back and I love doing this podcast and I am hoping that today you will enjoy it as much as I am enjoying talking about this topic. So today we are at I believe podcast number 644. I don't know anymore. I think I just throw numbers out there and hope it's the right one. So we are at freedom from attachment, right? Living fulfilled, happy, and in love because it is a way to live. To me, it's totally the way to live. And I have mentioned this briefly before, and this is before I start getting into this topic today, which is from attachment to fabulous because, hey, that is again, the place to live, which is living fulfilled, happy, and in love. That's what I call fabulous. We never have control of our circumstances. But anyways, uh, I have mentioned before that I have the method coming out. And the method is a total shift uh, from what we've been doing, which is coaching and moving to training. And we are moving to training Because I look at things over and over in terms of how can I help people the best, right? Like this podcast helps. I know it helps because I hear from people all the time that this helps. Great. Is it here to help everybody? Probably not because some people don't resonate with me and that's totally cool. On the other hand, those that do and really want to have self-help in their back pocket, you should check out the method. The method is my new training program. And I'm moving towards training because what it is, is that what I teach, I'm going to teach you how to embody it, like literally make it second nature. And we have a practicum that follows it for 30 days where, you know, after learning the method, which is sort of esoteric, it's a subconscious way of changing how you feel, what's happening inside of you on the spot, which would allow you to be different in the circumstances you find yourself in, which again, would change your life. So if you have an interest, you can go to my website, there is a page there for the method. Um, But more than that, you know, really look at what is it that you want for yourself, right? Do you want to do the work? Like, do you just listen to this podcast? Or do you listen to the podcast and take action? You know, even if I never hear from you, right? Do you take action? I would love to know that, by the way, because action is what it takes. It's one thing to go, God, that sounds really great. Or, oh, you know, I want to do that. 
but really you want to take action. And it took me a long time. I mean, I'm not saying this like, oh yeah, get out there and do it. Because of the pain I was in for a long time with attachment, it took me so freaking long to take action because I'd have a panic attack every time I wanted to when I was in an attached situation. So anyways, with that, again, interested in the method, you really want to have your tools in your back pocket so you don't have to go look for help all the time. To me, this was a way of helping myself to have self-worth. It gave me the self-worth. I did not have self-worth for most of my life, except for the accomplishments, right? Those are kind of empty. So just look into it if you're interested. If not, you know, keep listening to the podcast and apply it. Take action because you want your life to change. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the topic today from attachment to fabulous. You can stay stuck in the stories of your mind, right? We all can. And the ones that have haunted you since childhood, or hey, you know what? You can make a decision with all you have to insist that things be fabulous. Okay. Not insist with other people, but insist to yourself. So what the fuck is that, right? Well, it's where I live inside of myself. Like if I want to be abundant, if I want to be happy, if I want to be anything, it has to be in me. It's not that the world agrees and then I become that. It's that I make a decision that says, in spite of trauma, drama, everything I've ever been through, I deserve that because we all do. And it, and, and I'm not saying this to um, make it where you want to make yourself feel bad because that's not the point of anything I have to share. But sometimes you have to feel the feelings that you avoid. So if it's triggering you in any way, you want to look at, well, why is this triggering me? What's happening inside of me? Because it's triggering me. doesn't mean it's triggering everybody. So I have to look at if it's a me thing, what's my story? What's my story about me having fabulous or me having wonderful or me being abundant? So, you know, it's where to me, when you make this decision, it's where you don't beat the shit out of yourself or apologize constantly to yourself from shit that happened years ago. You know, like I remember I could be just doing anything and then I would be hit with a memory of a long time ago and I'd feel all this shame. Like, oh God, you're so stupid. What in the hell's wrong with you? So it's where you stop shaming yourself over crap that did not work or every attachment that you've ever had. It's like, you have to look at, okay, at the time I lost my pride or whatever it was, right? And all sorts of other imagined losses, but it's fabulous because the inner critic what happens when you decide I want to move from attachment to fabulous is the inner critic shuts the fuck up. And so you make choices that feel good to you. It really can happen because if it happened for me, trust me, it can happen for anybody. So what the hell am I talking about? Right? Well, the fact is making shitty ass decisions because of an attachment is a wake up call to not, you know, to go, okay, I'm not living my best life here. Right. In terms of my choices because I'm making choices that are causing me pain. So my best life is something I probably never considered myself when I was attached. I thought I just needed my attachment to cooperate. And a lot of you might feel the same way. And I felt like if they would just cooperate, then I can live my best life. Not, oh, I can just live my best life. And so in essence, I was not focused on living my best life as me. I, I felt pretty much anxious and tenuous and most of the time in these attached, excuse me, situations, it was downright painful. 
And so living, this is the thing. When you want to live not in attachment, you want to live in, let's say, fabulous. And I picked fabulous because it's such a fun word. Put any word there, okay? That's more of how you want to live. And, you know, when you really look at what kind of stories does my brain make up all the time? What does it take with the characters outside of me, the, you know, everything going on? What does that all add up to when I create a story? Because it must create some kind of story, right? And so we live from these stories. We believe these stories. They're not true. They're stories. And so, you know, they're always based on having to have someone that you're attached to, right? Or maybe you're running away from somebody you're attached to, or you don't want to get attached. And you're seeing yourself as a free bird. That used to be me. Oh, I'm, you know, like I'd either be super attached or running the other direction. I mean, I was an anxious avoidant. Okay. So <laughs> I was like here, there, everywhere. Um, but when I was single, I'd always be like, I'm a free bird. You know, I am just free. And for me, whatever that was meant somehow I was special. Like I gave myself a specialness. But the context of being a free bird is really not love, it's fear. And so that doesn't make life fabulous and it doesn't make you choose your best life. It gives you some kind of an illusion to yourself that you're somehow operating in a great place when you're avoiding all sorts of love. Um, or when you're attached to somebody and you're making a story that says there's going to be this happy ending like you're in a fucking fairy tale, right? I mean, we do this. So pay attention to these stories. So it's it's really about getting out of these stories, you know, getting past your attachment and getting to fabulous or wonderful or like I said, whatever word it is that works for you. So why does this matter? Well, this is important if you really want to move from scarcity consciousness to an abundant consciousness. And I'm not even talking law of attraction stuff here, folks. The word abundant to me is all about resources. It's about having enough. Okay. Like you can use it for law of attraction. Sure. I'm not saying you can't, but, but my, my use of it is there's enough resources. You know, if you grew up and you have insecure attachment, you believe in scarcity. Your stories are based in scarcity. Check out your stories. There's not enough opportunity. There's not enough time. There's not enough love. There's not enough attention. There's not enough of money. There's not enough of anything to go around. That is why you're attached because you feel like, eh, if I let go of this, what's going to happen? I'm going to have nothing. But the truth is you can live through that fear and you want to live through that fear when you're ready. I don't recommend pushing yourself, you know, when you can't and you're literally white knuckling it and going, no, I can't let go of this. But you have to recognize first that you have a scarcity consciousness, that you really don't believe that this world is abundant. You believe that there are scarce resources and there's just not enough and that you're not going to have enough because somehow you were chosen to not have enough. Even if your life looks like you have enough, I'm talking about the internal feelings, the internal you that struggles, right? In attachment, because attachment is scarcity, by the way, which, you know, I just, they're synonymous. They are, you know, I said like, you know, yeah, you have insecure attachment. You believe that there are, you know, scarce resources, but it's deeper than that because it is always about what story you go to that gives you slim pickings and notice that. Every story, oh, that's not for me. I can't have that. Or, 
God, I wish I could look at them. They have the perfect relationship, you know, but thinking you can't have that or whatever it is, however you compare yourself, pay attention to that. Right. And so because you believe there's slim pickings, there's only a certain person or a certain type of attraction that you feel works and fulfills you, even though it's really not fulfilling. And it's a shitty way to live as you stay attached to someone or to an idea and your world stays so small, right? You stay small and everything you think is small instead of big. You know, you're not being, what is the word? Um, I was thinking about, I don't remember who it was that um, wrote it. It's like the thing about playing small and really, you know, you should be playing big in life. Um, Mary, what's her name? Marianne Williamson. But was it her that wrote it or Nelson Mandela? I don't know. They shared it. <laughs> One wrote it, the other one used it. I believe she wrote it and he used it. Anyway, but there is something to that statement about playing small because when you play small, you're trying to keep it safe, but it's never feeling good when you play small, which is, again, because you believe there's scarce resources and you never are fulfilled that way. And really to have a fabulous life, you've got to take risks. You've got to take chances. You've got to just live really live. And when I say risks, I mean, emotional risk. Okay. So you may be afraid to because you're afraid I'm going to see you in a way that you don't want to be seen, especially if you're attached to somebody, you think your act, okay, whatever you're performing with here is going to get you this person. You're afraid if you're you, they'll run away, or you're afraid if you're you, they'll stay depending on if you're anxious or avoidant. Right? So that's it to me. Your mind is going to create excuses or stories for you to justify what you do rather than looking at the root of your why, because it is a shitty way to live when you're attached to somebody, you know, in a way that feels like a freaking prison. And the other thing, by the way, of why this matters is anyone who's stuck in attachment has an inner critic and the inner critic helps fan those flames of fear that you could make the wrong choice in an attached situation but really it's bullshit. The inner critic is full of shit because it's afraid. You have to remember the inner critic is your survival mechanism, trying to keep you in line, trying to keep you doing the same things because to your inner critic, that's how you stay alive. So there's not really anything to fear by listening instead to the voice of wisdom that really lives inside of you. And it's always behind the cringy feeling. As an example, um, you know, I've got several, I've got a few examples here. So let me, I'll just start off with this one, which was me deciding to wear something. Okay. I know this might sound silly. Me deciding to wear something and then thinking about how other people would perceive it. And so if I were to do that and feel that cringy feeling of like, <gasps> right. And go, oh yeah. Okay. I'll wear something safer. Then what am I doing? I, that whole feeling right there, I need to do the fucking opposite of it. And that's what I would do. Um, you know, I would wear the opposite, like what I really wanted to wear. And that other voice exists. Okay. That voice of wisdom exists behind that inner critic voice. The one that's giving you shame and telling you, Oh no, you shouldn't do that. You can apply that to relationships too. Okay. So let me give you some other examples that are more relationship oriented. So when you're solely focused on the person in your life, finally waking up and getting a clue that your relationship is the one, 
and it's heart-wrenching every day you get up and look at your phone hoping you missed a text or something like that. As you feel the anxiety, you start going into either fantasy about what will be an amazing outcome, okay, because you want to distract yourself from having to deal with any kind of disappointment that this isn't your current reality, right? I used to do this all the time. I'll just fantasize about what could be and I'll just sort of wait in that fantasy place, okay? But that never lasted very long because my inner critic would sooner or later kick in and kick my ass, reminding me that I'm not fabulous and my life isn't fabulous and I don't actually have what I want. And then I'd become more anxious and I'd feel like shit. Like, you know, I would look at myself, you are a big piece of shit, Tracy, right? And... <laughs> I mean, this is like a cycle. And, you know, basically, I'd want to do something to feel different. And so maybe I would drink or eat or go shopping or for me more so it was I'm just going to go run 10 miles. You know, I'm going to go on a three hour walk. Those are the kind of things that I did. And, you know, my thing was I would distract and then maybe finally I would reach the point of, okay, I'm going to reach out to this person, hoping that their response is going to have me feel differently. Like maybe I'll reach out and they'll say something like, oh, hey, I've been wanting to talk to you today. I've been so busy. I love hearing from you, you know, something like that, right? So then I can r ride that wave of being high now for however long that would last till I come crashing down and need another hit, like a drug, right? Um, and I didn't on, I did not understand that this was a pattern that could be broken, that this wasn't actually me stuck like this the rest of my life. Another example is being the one who needs that total package on the outside, good looking and fuckable. Someone you want to have sex with because you're good at it. You feel this is how you connect. You connect sexually. But what are you really connected to? It's pretty empty when it's just sex, right? But you're attached to believing that the perfect mate will match you in bed except the perfect mate never comes, right? And maybe you are matched in bed, but the minute you get out of bed, you feel like you're wanting to suck them dry, right? You want to climb in their body. You want to, you're just attached. So it's pretty empty and the perfect mate doesn't come that way. That's not the perfect mate, by the way. That's just like a Band-Aid. And so you keep looking, sometimes you're anxiously looking and sometimes you're acting like you give no shits. And it's a huge emptiness inside of you that you're not really willing or wanting to admit to. And your greatest fear is attachment and not living your life anymore. You're, you fear giving yourself up to be with someone else. So all of that drama right there, right? Okay, if I can just find somebody, and I used to be like this, and you know, like that intensity. Oh my God, it's got to be about the sex. And then everything else, of course, will be great. But then I would notice like with ex-boyfriends and stuff, I'd like start picking them apart. Like, oh, that's not really great. Oh, that's not really great. And really, I was looking for something that didn't exist. I wasn't looking for a human being because, of course, human being is going to have all sorts of shit going on. You know what I mean? Not necessarily wrong or right, but they're going to have things going on. And depending on my level of confidence in myself, I'm going to judge them because I judge myself just as harshly. So you are doing that when you're looking for the perfect partner. You're looking for something that doesn't exist. And that's so you can stay single so that you don't have to actually commit. Or you can commit to somebody, but they're never going to get close enough to you. You're not going to let them all the way in. You're going to keep them out here. And that's what we do. 
Another example, which is the last example, uh, is reading a post on social media of someone who has the life you wish you had, as though you can no longer experience the specialness you're assigning to their photo, video, or post. You start to feel that deep despair, the deep, I missed out, and then you attach it to someone from your past or someone who has not arrived yet. Oh God, if they show up, then maybe I can have this life I'm seeing my friend has. Or God, if I wouldn't have blown it with so-and-so. And, and, you know, and it's like we're taking the circumstances that happened with so-and-so, by the way, and we're making it into something that it actually wasn't, <laughs> you know? Um, I've done that, like recreated it. Like, let me just, you know, take this clay here and recreate a relationship that wasn't the way I'm imagining it right now. I'm cherry picking moments so that I can feel horrible about myself that this person over here has a life I want and I, I'm blocked from having it. I'm too much of a fuck up. I'm too much of an idiot, which is not true. But anyways, um, you know, when you attach it that way, it really is all about the thing outside of you. The attachment to if only that was right, it would all fit. If like only the pieces of this puzzle, you know, attachment puzzle, whether you're an avoidant, you're an anxious or you're both would just fit together, then I could feel like these other people feel in their lives, right? Because then I could live that fabulous life. But when you're like this, you are attached to attachment, wanting it to fill you where you ache. And that is the truth. And I can't tell you how many times I used to sit there and do this all the time, all the time. Oh God, I could never have that. That'll never happen for me. Or if I wouldn't have blown it with so-and-so as though I was the one who made all the choices with the last relationship or the last 20 relationships or whatever. <laughs> like, hello? No, I didn't. But that's what I'm saying. Like you kind of recreate this whole bullshit from the past in your head. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then they're done that. So the lesson, what the heck is it? And what can you do? Well, it's to start with my favorite thing. What do I say? Awareness. Awareness is key, right? Always. Second is the idea of fabulous. Look at where you believe someone else has a fabulous life. Okay. Like what is that specifically that you believe? Is it the way they talk? Is it the look of love that appears in the family? But you don't know for sure. This is something you're assuming, by the way. I mean, that's all we can do unless we climb inside someone else's body and start living their life. We really don't know. Okay. We perceive things to fit our story like I was talking about in the beginning. You are going to take information outside of you and you're going to make it fit in here so that you react to life that way and you limit yourself that way. So, but you want to look at what is it, you know, and because you want to get really clear and be specific about what is it that I think makes a fabulous life. And if it's not looking at other people, what is it like you're looking through a magazine and maybe it's a travel magazine. You're like, oh my God, I'm never going to go here. Or I can go here, but I can't go with who I want, who I haven't met yet. Or whatever that is, okay, write it down. Write down what it is specifically that is your idea of fabulous, okay? Because you want to be super clear about what you feel like is missing from your life, all right? So once you see something, you know, let's go back to like using a, a post somebody put up, right? They have the perfect, you know, picture perfect way of loving each other and their family. Like, it's just like, they're always posting stuff like their family looks amazing. Okay. And then you bring it to you. And let's say you're attached to someone 
And you may try to say, okay, I'm attached to Fred who never calls me unless he wants to have sex with me. Uh, hmm. And I want to attach this fabulous, right? You know, these specific things that I think are amazing. I want to attach it to this fucked up relationship I have with Fred. Okay. So it's going to feel crunchy. It's going to feel bad. It's going to feel like I have so much work to do here to get that relationship or whatever it is to be something decent, right? You start thinking about how can I rehab Fred? How can I take Fred and make this into the situation I want it to be, right? You may already be doing this, okay? And the problem is, it's not helping you, right? So the other thing you might want to notice too is you might have a longing and that's a sign of what you think needs to be coming from the outside to your inside. So whatever it is you find, you know, maybe a longing for love, maybe a longing for a specific kind of person, a specific kind of life can now with all that I've said, right, all these specific things, because this is all about being specific. A lot of times when we're not specific, it feels more painful because it just feels like a big cloud of shit. Like, oh, my God, I can never have that. But when you really get specific, it's like, hmm, okay. So let's say that you have that whole list, right? And I want you to look at that list and go, what on this list can I give to myself? Whether you're single or in a relationship. Okay, so let's say that you want to have closeness. Well, look at your life. Who are you real with? Who are you honest with? Who are you close to? Like literally close to, where you don't worry about what you say where you don't worry about what you do. I'm like this with my husband. I don't worry about what I say. I don't worry about what I do. I'm honest with him. I'm not a dick and I'm not trying to, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, be demanding or anything like that. It's not about me trying to control him. In other words, like my honesty is about me and how I feel and me being me, no matter what that is. Right. And and so you have to look at, okay, do I have any relationships like that? Friendships, anywhere, anything, okay? If you do, then use that as your model. And not the relationship, but yourself and how you feel inside of that. And go, I want to feel this way everywhere in my life, okay? Because that's what you need to do if you want to have a fabulous life. And if you don't have that and you're telling me, you know, oh, Tracy, my friendships are great. But then we start talking about your friendships and realize that you hold a lot of yourself back and you you kind of just go along to get along or, you know, maybe you tell everybody what to do. Maybe you're the ringleader and you're just like, this is the way it is, and blah, blah, blah. But you're never vulnerable. You know, those are the ways that we hide ourselves, that we keep ourselves separate. So you want to look at that. Okay. And you want to go, can I give that connection in any of these situations if I don't have it? And that means to open up, be vulnerable, honest communication, all of that. I think it's great. I had a friend reach out to me and tell me that she doesn't think she's been honest in any of her relationships, you know, and, and I've had some really great conversations with her and I do feel a sense of connection to her. I think that it could probably be deeper. It could probably be even more connected. And I'm always up for that, right? And then it makes me look at, well, if she's feeling that way, am I being open? So you want to look at that, like have these conversations with people. Don't just make it all like insular, you know, talk to your friends or talk to your mate or talk to your parents, whoever, 
whoever you want to have a sense of connection with, okay? Because it's important if you want to have a fabulous life, right? It doesn't mean these people are going to give that to you. It means you're going to give it to you. So you want to look at the small ways, the big ways. The more you do this, the less it's going to feel like you're attached as you start to realize your value. Because what starts to happen is you build connection, like true connection in other places. And let's say you have an attachment, you're going to start feeling differently about that attachment is the point. Because you're going to start valuing yourself. Because the more you allow yourself to be you means you're valuing yourself. So if you're doing that, then you're going to go, hmm, why does this attachment not feel like I need it as much as I thought I did? Or, huh, I don't need to run because nothing bad is actually happening to me. So another thing is to create a story for you not built on fantasy or disaster. One based in truth, like how wonderful you feel when you do things for yourself whether it is to say you want respect and then you give yourself respect by allowing yourself to be in situations where you're respected and in removing yourself when you're not being respected. Because again, boundaries are for you. They're not for anybody else. If you don't act like what you say you want, then nobody's listening in the first place. Okay. So you got to look at how good that feels, right? Oh my God, I'm respecting myself. That actually felt really good. Don't start going into fear stories about, oh shit, now they're going to hate me. Now they're going to not want me. And it's kind of funny because if you think about it, here you are treating yourself well, and then you're worried because you treated yourself well, that other people are going to be upset. You got to look at that because you don't want to just act in ways that please other people, because if you do, you're going to be miserable and never have a fabulous life. And it's true. And we do this all the time to ourselves, right? So you want to look at your story and make sure it's built on personal power and courage. One that says, yes, I'm enough to be loved and do things, you know, to fill up my internal space, take the emotional risks, take the vulnerable path, and don't let your ego get in the way with its fear, with its inner critic. It's like the inner critic is like a, you know, uh, your dictator that you don't need. So anyways, and of course, for those of you who want to take this a step further and want some help with this. You can email happiness at tracycrossley.com. You know, and I, as I mentioned at the beginning, the training program for the method, we can see if you're a candidate for that or if you need to go through coaching before you can do that. We would want to evaluate that with you. We never push people into programs because we want people that are absolutely ready and willing to do the work. Just know that, like, whenever I bring up these programs, it's for people that are going, you know what? I'm ready to do something and then do it. For those of you that aren't, no worries. Just keep listening or, you know, whatever resources are working for you. So anyways, this is all about, though, you getting to the place of making your life fabulous because you deserve it. I believe you deserve it. I deserve it. We all deserve it. So what's the universal truth? You have a right to universal truth. You can keep being attached to a person or the idea of that person, or you can be fabulous. Yeah. Meaning no matter what right now, right now, you can be fabulous. Your life can be fabulous. And I'm not talking about the circumstances, people. I'm talking about the internal world where you have control, all right? It is there. Dig deep and find a kernel of fabulous. It matters because it changes your perspective, which means you can rise up and be whoever it is you want to be because you do have that control. So we talked about today going from attached to fabulous, and it's a perspective switch, but at the same time, it's to find your motivation for why you choose what you do when it comes to love. So I have two podcasts I can also recommend. Number 361, Journey of Attachment, Being an Anxious Pursuer in Relationships. 
And number 512, journey of attachment help. I'm dating and avoid it. <laughs> All right, you guys, take care. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions about today's show, reach out to Tracy at info at tracycrossley.com. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave a five-star rating so it can be heard by more people. And to find out more about her programs, workshops, coaching, and her new book entitled Overcoming Insecure Attachment, visit tracycrossley.com.